you know, I'm not in the same place I was when Steve was killed. I'm not in the same place I was even when Dennis was killed, you know. So having this community of people that, that understand what I've gone through is a huge help. Hello and welcome everybody to the COPS podcast. I am Blake Haynes, the multimedia specialist with Concerns of Police Survivors National Office. Joining me today, I've got Dave Wallace. Dave, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, thanks. How are you? Oh, absolutely doing well. Dave is a current board member. So uh, Dave, can you kind of, let's go ahead and just kind of jump into that uh, really quick. Uh, what's it like being a, a national board member? It is a humbling honor to be uh, on the national board now as a South Central trustee, region trustee. You know, I uh, moved into this area, you know, after spending all my life prior in California and was involved there. I got back here two and a half years ago and told my wife that I wanted to remain involved. So, you know, after a few months of getting settled and everything, I reached out to Jennifer Johnson with the Middle Eastern Tennessee uh, chapter board and told her that I was interested in and getting involved. And what was funny was I told Kim, my wife, I said, honey, I said, here's my promise to you. I promise that I'm not going to run for president or the vice president or any of those primary positions. I just want to be a trustee. I just want to help out. You know, I, I, I think I have some skills in this area that uh, uh, I want to stay involved in, in an organization has helped me so tremendously. And so that was what I've done. And um Lo and behold, the wonderful Mary Carmichael, who uh, was my predecessor on the national board, timed out in her term, and it was brought to my attention that uh, there weren't any siblings on the board and hadn't been for a few years, and uh, what I thought about running for it, and when I approached Kim with it, I told her, I said, hey, I'm not running for the president, I'm not, <laughs> so, I'm not lying, you know, uh, <laughs> She just rolled her eyes and said, she knew me. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's like, what, what, what can I do? What can I do? It, you know, it, it, I have seven chapters in six states and I have some absolutely wonderful people to work with. The chapter boards, each of them, you know, they, they work very hard to represent the survivorship in, in their regions and their chapters. I am blessed to work with people like yourself and, and the national staff. I, you know, first of all, I wanted to commend you on the uh, video you did uh, that came out today with uh, you and Tony's work on the honoring Jake Ruth and Mama Pat and, and just the Ruth family and everything that they've given back since his death and, and uh, the legacy that they have left or that are leaving, you know, e even they're still making. I mean, it's not like it's in past tense, but it's just fabulous. And then, and then to be able to work with some very dedicated people on the national board. It's just a tremendous honor. It really is. And and uh, I, I'm very humbled and uh, appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And we're, we're very appreciative of you and having you and all your hard work and really giving back to the survivors, you know, in your area. It's, it's phenomenal. You do a great job. Thank you. And for those of you that don't know, Dave comes to us. He's actually got dual survivorship. So Dave is not only a surviving sibling of uh, Deputy Sheriff Dennis Wallace, but he's also a surviving coworker. And as he will say, he's got several, many um, coworkers that he has had give the ultimate sacrifice. And Dave, just kind of 
can you kind of put into words for us what is it how like having those two survivorships or is there differences within maybe your grief well yes no i mean i was i was a co-worker first my squad sergeant steve may was involved in a wreck in july 30th of 2002 and uh, Steve was in a coma for seven years, never came out of it, and passed away July of 2009. The county isn't terribly small, but it's not, you know, not the biggest county in the world. And, and our, our agencies in our county, Stanislaus County, California, worked a lot together and, and a lot of overlapping. So, you know, there was nine officers, uh, sworn personnel killed in my 29 years there. And two more non-sworn uh, that were killed in the line of duty, along with multiple off-duty officers and friends. Uh, you know, it becomes a family, and you're you're often you know uh, around your coworkers more than you are around your actual family. And trust me, my wife let me know once in a while that, hey, come come home, come, <laughs> you know, and and on the teams. But why I say it's different, but Yet, in a way it wasn't, um, my brother Dennis was uh, a, a, one of those coworkers. You know, Dennis uh, and I both were in law enforcement. So when he was killed, I lost my actual brother, but I also lost a brother officer. And, you know, what factored into that was like for the funeral and for the grieving process, it allowed me the insight of, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff that we focus about, you know, the, the, a lot of the memorial tributes are dedicated towards, you know, family. And there's kind of a hierarchy of, of things left off to the side often are the coworkers. And we forget that they are family too. And, and, in a different, different role, you know, but, but law enforcement becomes a family. And, and when you're putting your, life at risk and, and trusting others um, around you, you, you get to be pretty close, you know, when, when they're trusting their lives with you, like I said, it, 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 you know, they become every bit as much as sometimes if my actual family members or distant family members are. Yeah. That blue bond it really is. When it comes to others, you know, whether it's coworkers, whether it is family members, support um, individuals, you know, that you have, in your everyday life, did you see like maybe differences in how they approached you, treated you, you know, following the death? Following the death? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, uh, it, you and I had spoken previously about, you know, my buddy Bo. Uh, I just call him by his, uh, his nickname and great young cop that was one of the first guys on scene at my brother's death. And my brother was shot and killed just outside, uh, yeah, probably about five miles outside of Modesto, which was the city I worked in, was the lar largest city in our county. He was out uh, at a fishing access just outside the smaller city of Houston. And when the call went out for you know, all hands on deck, you know, anybody available, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for officers from multiple agencies to, to roll. And, and Bo was, I believe, the second or third guy there. And it was pretty quickly apparent that Dennis wasn't going to survive. My brother Dennis uh, wasn't going to survive this incident. He was shot in the head. Bo, was, Bo and I were working at the time on the same team together. And I noticed afterwards when I would approach him and ask him, hey, how are you doing? 
he was he was standoffish. He didn't want to talk, or he would he would duck out if he saw me coming, that kind of thing. And so finally, one day out in the parking lot, I walked just walked up to him. And I just just told him, I said, "Hey, something's got to give here. You know, we work together. You know, I know what you saw is tre- tremendously traumatic. I mean, come on, I'm his brother, but we got to deal with your grief too. And you can't avoid me your whole career, dude. You know, we we." it's just not going to happen. And I said, I'm not going to tolerate it. Basically I told him I was going to kick his butt if he didn't straighten up. And he just started sobbing and he finally let the emotions out. And, and he's just, he's, he was, he was feeling guilty that there was nothing he could do. And like, there was nothing he could do. There's nothing any of us could do. You know, I mean that in that situation, um, all the best intentions in the world weren't going to save Dennis and at that picker point. And I, I found myself in a, would, would you would consider a reversal role, but you know, part of it too is, you know, I, I, I was blessed that I, I had been on our peer support team at the PD for a few years and, and I had already been to several TLEs and, and other things along that line to help me, you know, equip me to talk things out with coworkers. I remember the day after Dennis was killed, they had a huge diffusing. It was, I mean, obviously there was there was probably over a hundred people in this room, this big conference room, that had shown up that day at some point throughout the investigation, and people were just hurting. You know, and and I, you know, I was walking by the conference room with the. Uh, one of the detective lieutenants and I told him, I said, hold on. I said, I'm going to step in the room here. And, and I just told people, Hey, let it out, let it out. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to cry. It's okay that this sucks. You know, it, it, you know, I, I thank you guys for everything you tried to do. And, and, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, you know, our family loved you and, and we appreciate you, but you got to take care of you too. We got we got to we got to take care of the scars that we have. As far as I'm talking about my my law enforcement brethren and sisters. One of the things that we hear quite often here at the national office when it comes to like the retreats and just in general, whether whether it, in terms of you know national police week or or what have you, right? Just basically the organization in general is it's a family that no law enforcement family, no law enforcement, you know, no coworker wants to be a part of. Quite frankly, they just don't for good reason, but they are so happy that if they have to become a part of it, that we're there to provide support and to get them in contact with other survivors that, you know, have walked their path or a similar path that they are um, either currently on or, you know, what have you. Right. So can you kind of talk to me about that? Like, what is that like for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's absolute true. There's only, unfortunately, there's only one way into this family uh, fraternity, uh, whatever you want to call it. And that is through the tragedy uh, of losing somebody that we love or uh, care tremendously about. And no matter what the survivorship is, whether it's a sibling as myself or a coworker or a spouse or a parent or adult child or niece or nephew, you know, or extended family members, there's only one way in. And nobody wants it, you know, it, it, in part of the, I don't want to say joy, but part of the, the release and relief when you come to cops and you realize that, Hey, we're here, you know, the concerns of police survivors 
is here for this purpose, it's a huge relief. It's a huge relief that there's people that understand me. I've told new survivors, it could be the most beautiful day. You could be pictured the most beautiful place in your mind that you like to go to. And you could go there and it could be the prettiest day and yet you're still blue. Yet you're you're inside, you're just, you're just tore up. And what normally would be somewhere that would make you happy, you're not happy or you're, you're at some function or things that you would normally enjoy and people don't get it. Especially well-intending people, you know, bless their hearts, uh, who say, oh, you know, you got to get over it. You got to move on. And you don't ever move on. You know, there's the reality. I mean, you don't, you don't ever lose that grief in that sense that you never lose. You know, my brother Dennis now is 20, November 13, 2016. The trial was finished this last May. It's almost been a year. Now, by the grace of God, I don't think of much about the guy who that killed my brother. He's been put away in prison. and But I think about my brother. I think about Dennis often. You know, we, we talked on the phone on average between five and ten times a week. He would call me. We were golfing buddies. We were we refereed high school football together for years. And we social we did social things together as a family. And I was blessed. You know, uh, Kim and I went to dinner the night before he was killed with he and his wife, Mercedes. And it's one of the most cherished moments that I will ever that I will have, you know, is that last hug and embrace with him and being the bigger of the two. I, I a few years before he passed, I, I used to bear hug him and I'd kiss him on top of the top of his forehead up here, you know, because he was balding before I was balding. And, and initially it ticked him off because, you know, uh, uh <laughs> the brothers being honorary, but it got to the point over the last couple of years that he would just walk up. If he go like, Hey, I got to go. Cause I got to be at work in the morning. So he'd give me a hug and he just put his head down, like, go ahead, do it, you know, <laughs> like, get it over with, you know. Those are the things you remember, and they don't go away. I, I, I likened it, to, you know, law enforcement is pretty good as a whole in holding ceremonies, and you know, like when the funeral takes place, you know, the officer dies, and if the agency's worth their salt, or has the ability, they'll have somebody with that fallen officer basically around the clock. There'll be somebody there. They'll see somebody to help the family out. And then and there's a huge outpouring, you know, at least in, in the area that I worked, that's the way it was. I, you know, and it wasn't just the one single agency. The other agencies would come at their aid. I spent 20 plus years on our department's honor guard. And, you know, I, I've stood at caskets during the the closed hours at funeral homes, just guarding my brethren, because that's what we're supposed to do. And same thing happened with, with Dennis. But one of the things that I had to tell the family, the greater family about, you know, I gathered them a couple of days before the funeral. And I told them, I said, guys, listen, it's a tremendous honor to be able to guard your, your, your fallen brother or sister. I said, and, and if you notice that everybody's been over backwards, I said, but here's what you also need to know. Come sundown on the day that we bury Uncle Dennis, all this is going to go away. All these people are going to go away. They're going to go back to their normal lives. We're not going to have the officer or deputy posted at the house, you know, at his house. We're not going to have the guys posted at the funeral home and, and running and getting, you know, errands for people and stuff to help take care of, you know, all this pomp and circumstance and all, all, all that disappears. Because it has to. Life has to move on. We have to learn to move on. 
in the right way. And that's where I believe our organization comes in so mightily, is that we stay here. When everybody else is gone and all the other ceremonies are, uh, as, as the drums are off in a distance, cops is here. We remember, you know, and that's where that secondary family comes in. That's where the, the family that you didn't realize that you had. I am terribly blessed to have so many great connections and wonderful people across this country. Uh, in particular, I will tell you about, you know, like our siblings. Uh, we have a base page group that's just siblings and, and a few significant others. We get it. You know, we can walk into a room full of siblings and just get each other. You know, we, we get it because we understand, regardless of the circumstances of the death, we get the circumstances of our role in the family, you know, and the same thing with coworkers. You know, I don't have to impress other, when I walk into a room full of coworkers, just by the fact that they do what they do. You know, I, I don't have to go out and lay a foundation as to who I am and what I've done. They're just accepting. I mean, they're, they're, they're accepting of me as another coworker. And there's huge relief in that. Huge relief. Without some of those connections, where do you think grief-wise and even everyday life, I mean, where would you be? It would be much, much harder. You know, I, I, I'm a person of faith. And, and so, you know, I, I will tell you that, that first and foremost, I have a, I have a wonderful wife uh, just past 33 years. And Kim is huge in her support of, of me. And as we walk through this grief journey together, but... Without having my coworkers, without having my sibs, it would have been much harder. It, you know, I think I think eventually I would get there, but it would be much harder in in the sense that, again, like I said, you you to be able to go somewhere and have some people that get you, they 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 get your passion, they get what your you know just the understanding of all that encompasses grief. In this form, you know, I mean, they're every, you know, I'm say everybody, but there people across this world have suffered grief. The person who's killed out on the highway, you know, or killed in industrial accidents, their family suffered grief too. And, and, and I, I appreciate that. I'm not trying to discount that at all, but there's something to be said about somebody who goes and stand that line and volunteers to put themselves in harm's way. And then when it actually happens, I don't know, there's just, it, to me, any of the, the emergency services, military or similar type uh, atmospheres, when you go out there to protect people and, and, and put yourself on the line for others, it's an honor to do it, but it's heavy. It's heavy. And, and so having this community of people that, that understand what I've gone through is a huge help. It's a huge, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not in the same place I was when Steve was killed. I'm not in the same place I was even when Dennis was killed, you know, and, and it's through, it's through the networking. It's through some one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions with our, our mentors, with, uh, with our, our counselors, you know, the, which, you know, uh, they don't get enough credit for all that they do. Again, I I'm just so blessed.
that that I have this family to to help me walk this journey. Whether it was your first Sibs retreat, whether it was your first coworkers retreat, when did you look around? When did you know I'm where I need to be? I won't say it's a specific moment. You know, I will tell you that I remember, you know, going to police week when Dennis was killed. So it was, this would be, you know, May of 17, 2017. And Tammy McMillan and I were already good friends. I was already on the SINCAL COPS board. Uh, I was a trustee at the time. Actually, I think I was an officer. I, yeah, no, I was a trustee uh, at that particular time. And she didn't ask me. She told me I was going to SIPS. And Patty Wolf and, and they, they're the ones, I think Andrew Arrington was in there too. And they, they were three SIBs that were putting on the, the little breakout session about, you know, and, and it was just SIBs that were in that room. I was like, hey, come, you know, trust us. And, and having been involved in peer support, having been to TLEs, having been to, you know, other, you know, police week multiple times and, and been to the cops conference, I knew enough to trust, you know, that, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. And when I got there, they just loved on us. They loved on me. They basically said, we got you, we get you. I guess that would, I, I, it was going to say it'd be that. Um, I went to coworkers for couples. Uh, my wife and I did a few years after that, being a high school football official, unfortunately, siblings and coworkers or during football season. And, you know, as a, uh, I was a crew chief at the time. And so it was hard to take, you know, weeks off during the season. And I always took sibs off. So I, I you know, uh, it's my plan to go to coworkers this year though. When you're looking around and, and you see, maybe put yourself in Tammy's shoes, right. And you're speaking to individuals that maybe on the fence, maybe you're reserved, maybe aren't, they're not sure, right? What would you tell them? Hey, get there. Like, what, what would your spiel be? I tell them, trust us. Tell them often uh, a couple stories about people who were nervous. Uh, I can tell you, you know, one of the ones I love to brag about is Jamie Tomey. She uh, was trembling when she got off the bus. She arrived. She she trusted it enough to get there. But still, I think if she had a chance, if somebody said, hey, I'll take you back to the airport right now, she would have done that you know, right from the front door of the trout lodge, but she didn't, we grabbed onto her because we, you know, there was enough people that we came, the welcoming committee, that it was the, the bus that broke down. So that even added more to it on the way out to the lodge. So there was even further delayed, but the group, you know, Amy Williams, Jamie, I just remember them. They were just terribly nervous and we just loved on them. We told them, Hey, it's going to be safe. It's going to be, you're okay. And I tell you what, now you see the involvement that they have and the excitement and just the ambassadors that they have become. It's just amazing. And, and, you know, I will tell you that probably one of my most cherished moments um, this last year at police week was on the way to the national service on the 15th. There were, uh, 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 well, Jamie and, and, and uh, there were a couple of, sibling survivors we were riding and uh we took the metro and as we we're walking we 
got to talking with this family and one of them's another sibling. And so we started telling her about come to the sibling retreat and we, we escorted them and showed them where to go for to check in there. Their brother was being honored. And so where, where they were going to go sit and, and, uh, but just being able to, and, and we, this happened a couple, three different times, you know, it happened during the, one of the breakout sessions where the, the, uh, debrief, you know, I went and sat through a debrief and one of the families, uh, whose brother was shot and killed, uh, later ran into them that night down at the wall and to be able to do some rubbings for them. And, and it's just, just the relationship part of it. Just, just being real saying, Hey, you know, we get you, we've been there, you know, um, and, and we, we, we understand, you know, we understand your grief and, and you don't, don't feel guilty for being, for grieving. We get it, let it out, let it out, you know? So to be an encouragement is, is a blessing. When, when I say cops, what do you think of? When uh, I think of concerns of police survivors, I just think of a, a family. I think of a tremendous organization that uh, loves me and has loved my family and, and cares about my people. When I say my people, you know, talking about my law enforcement brethren and sisters, it's not easy. It's, you know, I mean... I think y'all crazy, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, think about that. What's your job to care about the hurting, to care about people going through trauma, people who uh, have suffered loss and, and to do it with a smile and to do it with the skill that, uh, that the staff does and, and the many volunteers, it's hard to describe, you know, there, and, 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 and I tell people about the roller coaster ride and that, you're going to go emotionally. You know, there are times where it's okay to laugh and have joy to start thriving. You know, our, our lost loved ones wouldn't want us to wallow in pity and wallow in sadness all the time, you know, and, uh, for lack of a better term. They would want us to move on with life and, and be joyful. Life's to be lived. And COPS has been a huge, huge boost in, in my ability to do that. It's one of the reasons I ran for the board and just to give back, get back to, you know, because they've given me so much. You've been absolutely tremendous just to see you at the retreats. I mean, I've attended with you a couple different times now, and I will be seeing you again this fall. So that'll be great. Um, Thank but you. Just to, absolutely. And just to see some of the volunteerism and the giving back, not just from, you know, you uh, commend and you, uh, you know, you thank the staff, but the peer support factor oh. that is there that we see constantly, it makes, what we do 100% worth it. It is amazing to see connections that are made and just be able to give back. So thank you for saying that. It is an honor to be able to provide the services that we provide and to work at such a great organization that does so much for so many individuals nationwide. And Dave, uh, thank you so much for uh, sitting down and talking with us. And um, if you would like to get more involved with your local chapter or just find out more information about um, the organization in general, you can go to our website at concernsofpolicesurvivors.org or give us a call at the National Office at 573-346-4911.